Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could join us on the radio side here in Mississippi. Also, those tuning in online worldwide, thanks to our friends at Blog Talk as well as at iTunes as well. Glad you all could join us for the podcast. If you're an aspiring author out there who's been looking for advice, I know it can sometimes feel like a daunting process. But our next guest has written a book about something she knows very well, and that is, of course, being able to craft stories. We're excited to welcome back best-selling author Rita Sapetis to our broadcast. She's the author of the new book, You, the Story, A Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory. We're going to talk to Rita not only about her extraordinary success, but what it's been like for her to not only thrill readers, but also to inspire other authors as well. What is it that led her to write the book, You, the Story? And, of course, we'll let you guys know how to get your own copy of it. Ruta, thank you again for the time. Really glad to have you back. Thank you so much, Cyrus. I'm so happy to chat with you again. Hey, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Always enjoyed this. And I think this is, is something that is going to serve a dual purpose, Ruta. For one thing, of course, to be able to let people hear from you what it's been like for you to process your amazing success as an author, but also to be able to, to pay it forward like you're doing in this book, You the Story. So let's start with your own success because, of course, we know you from, from great titles. What has that been like for you, Ruta, to know that you're able to do something not only that you love but also that your readers love as well? Oh, it's, it's so gratifying, and you touched upon it, the readers. An author has nothing without readers, and I write about underrepresented history, and it's really the readers and the educators and librarians who are helping me bring that history out of the dark. So I'm honored to be in a creative partnership with readers. Yeah. The last time you and I spoke, Ruta, was about your book, I Must Betray You, uh, of course, another bestseller. Did you know from the very beginning, though, that your own love of history would open the doors for you, Ruta, that it has? No, I never had an idea of that. I never thought, <laughs> as you might remember, I worked for 22 years in the music business, helping artists and musicians tell their stories through song. And I, I think if anyone would have said, hey, uh, you know, in a few years, you'll be doing that yourself. I don't know if I would have believed them, but it was actually a musician who asked me, who said, Ruta, for so many years, you've been asking people, what's the story? What's your story? And that question led me to write my first novel. And look, here we are, five novels later. Wow, amazing. And and that is why I think the book You the Story I think is so important, Ruta. But I'm always curious and I've um, you know, not of course been I've been hosting this broadcast now for twenty years, but for sixteen years I've had the privilege of hosting author events throughout the South here in my home state and neighboring states. And one of the things that I always notice when I'm with an author at an event is they do have individuals that come up, of course, that are fans of their work or curious about their work, but also those who've thought about writing as well. So let's talk about that second group. What has that been like for you to see the way that people have felt like they could gravitate to you to not only find out how you got here, but also what was kind of the keys for your own success? Yes, and because I write historical fiction, um, when people come to my events, they come really not to see me, but in some ways to see themselves and think about their own family history. And is that something that they could write about? 
And I want to assure them, yes, they absolutely can. If I am doing this, they can do it. They can do it. And so to your point, I do want to pay it forward. And I wrote you the story, A Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory, to, you know, introduce some, some very straightforward and, and simple, uh, accessible and lighthearted ways to help people share or archive their story. Right. I think that's it. You know, as you were talking about them not coming to see you, Ruta, there is a funny story you share in the book, being at an event and someone asking you, hey, I think you wrote you wrote about me in your, <laughs> your book. <laughs> so yes. I want to talk about that experience, if you don't mind, because I thought that was so funny because – I, and, you know, and, of course, the whole conversation came from that, but, I mean, I could only imagine what that was like. And you're like, and especially as the way you shared in the book, like, okay, you're saying to them, well, we're just meeting, right? <laughs> this is our first time meeting. Talk to us about that experience and how that kind of played also into you, the story. Sure. And, and, and let me also just express that for me personally, when a reader comes to an event and they express that they felt or that they identified with a character in the book, there's no greater compliment. You know, all of a sudden yeah. I've made the history human. But in this case, as you're describing, I was at a book signing and a woman came up and she said, you wrote this book about me. And, and mind you, the book she was talking about was set in 1941 in Siberia. And, and I said, oh, well, isn't this the first time we're meeting? And she said, yes, but you wrote about me in my past life. And she was so absolutely adamant that this was her story. And what I really took away from that is when I'm building my historical fiction, I interview dozens and dozens of people, and I braid together uh, the stories to create composite characters. And I hope in doing so that people will relate to the characters, whether in this life or, as this woman felt, in a past life. Uh, and I, I just really love that kind of reader feedback and reaction. Yeah, and I think that, again, says so much, again, about what you've been able to do, Ruta, as a storyteller, even as you're writing historical fiction, but also, of course, making people feel a part of it. And I love that you say that feels sane, too. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome back best-selling author Ruta Sepedi's to our broadcast. She's the author of the new book, You, the Story, A Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory. And what I love, too, about You, the Story, uh, Ruta, is that it brings up things that a lot of times we don't think about, but especially in your work, I can imagine things that are very important, and especially as the subtitle mentions, A Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory, because one of the things that you talk about is setting. Talk to us about that and the importance of setting and making sure that we actually have that firm and how that kind of helped you, especially in your career as a historical fiction author, to be able to make sure that the stories do feel real. Yes, setting is important, and especially with the passage of time, our recollections of setting, they can transform a bit, can't they? And this is what I'm really interested in, that when we, we delve back into our, our memory, we see new and different angles, and, and I think those angles are important. For example, if your audience can imagine the first classroom they remember, right, the first classroom what did it smell like and where was the teacher's desk and what do you see? Well, when we're experiencing a setting, it's as if we're looking through a first floor window. But with the passage of time and reflecting through memory, 
we have a different angle and a different altitude. It's as if we're standing on the roof and suddenly, if we're standing on the roof of our old elementary school, you know, it seems smaller and maybe we see things we didn't see. We see, you know, that teacher on Friday hopping in the car right after school and driving to 7-Eleven to grab a fistful of scratcher lottery tickets in hopes that, you know, she can liberate herself from teaching. We see all these different stories and setting is important because often setting encompasses an important concept, which is home, you know, um, and I, I'd like your audience to reflect on that. Uh, two questions, home is and home was. Uh, I think our concept of home plays very deeply into the world of setting. Yeah, and I think uh, I have experienced this myself, and I thought about it as I was reading the book, Ruta, that when you take the time to really to think, it's amazing what you do remember. Like I, I had oh. experiences, even as I was, was reading this and trying to do it myself, thinking about memories that I hadn't, I mean, had pretty much, I think, pushed aside from growing up. And I thought that was so interesting in thinking about the home where I grew up with my parents and my brother and, you know, and, and where things were, like, you know, the Christmas tree, remembering that. I actually remembered that, you know, thinking back. And it was interesting. I was like, what is, you know, how did I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all in there, Cyrus. It's in yeah. there, the Christmas tree. And did you have icicles on the tree? What kind of ornaments? Did, was there ever a mishap with the tree? Did the tree ever fall over? Did it, God forbid, ever catch on fire? Um, but, you know, you talk about memory and maybe pushing some aside. And I'm glad you brought that up because let's face it, there are some memories that aren't worth returning to. And you know, we need to uh, protect our head and heart always. Um, but for the ones that are worth returning to, as you've just explained, once you open that door to memory, things really come flooding back. And one memory leads, you know, to the next. And you might find through the book and through the prompts that you're remembering things that you, that you didn't even realize you still had in your brain. Exactly. And that, that leads to something else that you said really should have been the first uh, chapter where you talk about revision and the chapter is actually called the 10th draft. Talk to us about that because I think that is the other thing. I think so many times there are those who have stories, uh, Ruta, as you, you know, I'm sure you've met them as well, who are just, just want to get it out. They just want to get it out. But Talk to us about the, about the importance of paying attention to not only, of course, the details, but also making sure that it's the best representation for you as well. Yes, exactly. For me, and I know this is cliche, and people have, many people have said it before me, but writing is rewriting. And for some people, they put tremendous pressure on themselves to write well. Well, you know what? I... I don't write well initially. I write very sloppy first drafts, but I go back and I see, okay, I see what I'm trying to capture here, what I'm trying to say. Now, let me determine how do I want to say this? And as we go back, and, and I want you to think about it this way, for those of, of people in your audience who might be competitors or musicians or athletes or or imagine if you can go back to your performance or game or competition and change something. It might take a mediocre game into a spectacular game. And that's what we can do with revision. And also when we go back and revisit and revisit, 
we're peeling back layers of that memory. And that's when really the comprehension of our human experience uh, begins to take shape on the page. And you share a very, I mean, personal um, experience for yourself, Ruta, in the book. In fact, I was surprised um, as, as you kind of gave yourself as an example of, you know, having a, a group, tell reading group, tell you that there were, as you talk about in that particular chapter, being flawed, and yet you said that you still, you didn't want to hear it, you still submitted that work to an editor and then was told in a not-so-sensitive way. <laughs> <laughs> what you know? What what they what they thought of? I mean, what, what was it like for you? Talk about memories. What was it like for you reflecting on that memory, and the feeling of it, but also the lesson of it? Well, and and you point out something um, so important. You know, in my historical fiction, I'm asking the true witnesses and survivors that I meet with to reflect on their memories. And in writing this book, I had to reflect on my own, which was a vulnerable experience. Yeah. Um, and I, I read the audio book and in reading it, you can hear my laughter and my tears, I think. And in this case, um, with, with regard to writing and, and revision, early on, I had written uh, a book that was, I guess, a humorous, what, what I thought was humorous. Myth. And I have a writing group and I've been with them for nearly 20 years. But in the beginning, I guess I didn't trust that. They just said, you know, these pages still need work, you, you know, you, you should probably go back to them. And for some reason, I thought I knew better. They just didn't get it. They didn't understand. And Cyrus, I took the pages to a writing conference and purchased a critique, and I was assigned to uh, a very established, well-known um, editor. And she read the book and base, she read the pages and basically said, you know, the equivalent of, I'd rather, you know, sit through uh, 10 weeks of jury duty than read another word. Like, this is awful. And, <laughs> and my writing group had told me that. But I paid good money to present bad pages to an editor. Yeah. But, again, we learn. And that's part of our story, isn't it? Our failures, our fiascos, and right. how, we frame, how we frame our memory really affects our vision of ourselves. And I tell people with me, because I have so many failures and fiascos in my life, I choose to look at it as um, a forest of exploration. Whereas one of my friends, uh, she said, oh, you know, failure is a, a suck hole of soul death. I don't look at it like that. But I think it's important to realize how each of us do look at memory and the things that, that are in our life history. Yeah, I think that's it. Last thing, if you don't mind, Ruth, I want to talk to you about is, is another thing that you do so well in your books, and that is dialogue. You spend time early in the book talking about that. What was it like for you to kind of help readers to understand in you the story, the what makes what makes dialogue memorable? Because you have shared some memorable dialogue in your books, but also makes it something that really draws the reader in. Well, dialogue is important because I believe that dialogue, when written well, can also be a really great facilitator of story. But to write dialogue well, I think it's essential to make it human. Uh, people have rhythms when they speak. When someone imitates us, what they're imitating actually are our rhythms. And, you know, the, the, the pause 
uh, filler catchphrases that people might say um, or insert. All of those help dialogue live and breathe on the page. And sometimes, as I reflect in the book, there are places or memories that if we reflect on them, we might hear dialogue more clearly. Is there a certain event? If you're, if you're writing about uh, a loved one and someone that you know very well, is there a certain place or a certain event that you can reflect upon where dialogue speaks to you very clearly? I explain in the book that when reflecting on memories uh, about my dear father, it was in his office, in the work. My dad was a designer and in the art studio. That's where I remember these conversations coming up so clearly. And interestingly, that chapter, I would say, on dialogue might have been the most difficult for me to write, certainly the most difficult for me to record in uh, the audio book. But, you know, as I was doing it and becoming emotional, I realized, isn't that the, the essence? of the yeah. human experience. It is, is to feel moved, you know, and if, if, we've, if we feel lost, that's because we've loved. And we can reflect on all of that when we reflect on our dialogue and our conversation. Such a great thing. So many great tips, and you have done, I think, us all a great service here, Ruta, and not only, of course, sharing what you've been able to learn, but also things that can help aspiring writers in particular to be able to, to get better. Uh, and I think that is the, the thing that we all want. Again, everyone, Ruta Sepedes has been our guest. You, the story, is the book, A Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory. It is available now through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to get it for you. Ruta, always appreciate you taking out the time. We know you have a crazy busy schedule, but how can our audience stay connected with you? Well, the tour has kicked off, and I would love to see some of you on tour. You can find my tour dates at my website, which is historyishiding.com, rudasapetes.com, on social media, at rudasapetes, and on Instagram, uh, at rudasapetes author. I would love to see you at one of these events and, and help you begin to uncover and discover your story. Love it. Ruta, again, appreciate you. Congratulations again on the book and looking forward to our next chat together. Thank you so much, Cyrus, for all that you do and all that you are. Thank you. I appreciate you. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.